Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am excited to see Mr. Dean Holland in the studio early, prompt, yep. and punctual, but <laughs> he's still got to get his announcement. Like, There's no way that I can let him say one single word without you welcoming the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> we are so well executed right? yeah a little uh exceptionally professional this morning thank you guys for being here with us uh we actually have uh we have a show that was dean's brainchild today so i don't know i have no idea how this is gonna go i'm just as much on the edge of my seat as you probably will be if you knew you were about to hear something that dean came up with um, but, uh, but in all seriousness, it's been something he and I have talked about a little while and, and, and I don't know, Dean, why don't, why don't you, uh, sort of intro, intro the concept that you, the scheme that you hatched. <laughs> no, so this is a, this is a show that I've, uh, you and I have spoke about in the past, haven't we, James? But this is something that what we actually want to do, and we're probably going to have a second part to this and you'll see why in, in a, in a short while, but essentially, uh, We've done this show now for quite a long time. We've been, what is it, three three plus years now? And, you know, as as regular listeners to the show will know that we have a lot of, quite a lot of amazing guests that come on the show. And we spend a lot of time, James and I, extracting as much value as we can from the guests. And rather interestingly, uh, we, were, we received some sort of listener feedback uh, a little while ago that said, you know, the guests are incredible but I would love to hear more from you guys. And that was actually me, by the way, I created a fake social media account <laughs> and I'm the one who sent that message through. Right. Specifically. I don't, Oh, that, that makes sense. I got a lot of messages saying, could Dean say less? Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, I had a whole network of people <laughs> in, uh, in the South Philippines it's that just were just creating fake social media accounts so that you could think that people want to hear less from you, which is, which is true, but all right. Well, I'm going to break the rules just for today, just for today. <laughs> um, but essentially, we have had, you know, and we've made shifts in the show to basically introduce more of ourselves. That's why we have shows like this, where it's just James and I. But one of the things that we've never really properly done, I don't feel, or at least if we have, not for a long, long time, is actually really open up and extract more from us to share with you guys listening or watching. And so about, I about our our expertise and like what we're doing to exactly. help people and, and that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Really to just kind of open up, find out, you know, and what this is what we're going to do today is to I'm going to kind of throw the questions James's way and really kind of dig into as much of that as we can. How did James come into what he's doing? Who does he work with? What does he help? What does James have going on? Because I think here's the here's the crazy thing. Yes, whilst we love all of our guests and they're so incredible. One of the things that we we probably haven't spoke about a lot is is specifically how we've been helping people. And I've actually got a very interesting approach to how we're going to have this conversation because uh -oh. 
Yeah, here we go. So the brief background, I mean, a lot of, you know, James and I take jabs at each other all the time. That's never going to stop. I think the foundation of our loving relationship is that we actually don't like each other deep down. That's exactly but, right. Right. I'm glad because that's how I felt. I'm glad it's not just me. No, it's mutual. In fact, <laughs> in fact, if I could be so bold as to say, I think it's even more from my side, the dislike <laughs> for you. Like I still have the poster hanging up in my office that says, don't give me your bullshit with a Dean picture with a big red strike through it <laughs> you wake up and look at it every day it's what just inspires you to get you know, going in a day. you know how some people like open up their wallets to show pictures of their grandkids or at least they used to now they just show them on their phone like when people are like oh like you know tell me a little bit about yourself I'm like well let me show you some pictures that's the first one i show them <laughs> And it's not even a lie. It's so true. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so, so anyway, jumping back to it. So rewind the clock a few years. I join a mastermind program and I go there and, you know, there is, you know, long story short, I get to know James and through that mastermind and through us talking and, you know, building a friendship here, uh, James got to see the areas in my business that I was struggling with. And obviously at the beginning of this journey, you know, we didn't really know each other too well, but it came became very evident to James the areas in which with my company, I was struggling. I was in a position where I was running my business, my company from home. I had, I think maybe at that stage, perhaps like two other people within the company that were maybe helping me and running, running things, one or two outsourcers as well, but I'm talking about actual staff members. And James, you got to hear my own sort of quite huge aspirations and goals for where I felt I could take my company. And in in explaining that, my personal goals at that stage was that I was intending on opening up a physical office location. I was intending on scaling up my team and actually employing people that were going to be office-based as well as virtual. And the reality is back then, whilst I had these goals and thoughts and these challenges and overwhelming feelings I was going through, I didn't actually really know where to begin. I didn't know how to actually go about finding the right people. I'll even be as bold to step one behind that and say, well, who did I need? You know, what team members yeah. did I need to go where I wanted to go? And actually what really kind of cemented, I believe, the relationship between James and I was the time that we actually spent together where James directly helped me in a consulting basis, you know, not friendship. This was a consulting business relationship that then flourished onto the hatred that we have today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it started out innocent and then it went downhill from there. Indeed, indeed. So the the ending result of that, I would say that was roundabout approximately around three years ago now. And today I'm sitting here and, you know, perhaps for those of you watching the video version of this, you might see that I'm actually sat in my office right now. Uh, yes, COVID, pushing COVID to one side. I do now have, you know, a much larger team of people. I think my team's, you know, eight, 10 people now. Everything is well structured. The overwhelm that I was constantly feeling day in, day out that made it almost a bit of a nightmare to wake up and face the challenges of running my business every day. They're gone. Everything is so well structured to the point where now I don't even just have one company. I, I have an active role in helping my wife with, with her company as well. So I've been able to go from this home-based business with just a, one or two people helping me to now in this incredible position where I feel I truly have the freedom of being an entrepreneur and I can really enjoy what I'm doing, knowing that everything is happening and we're serving our market and customers. And as much as it pains me to say, I have to, in all sincerity, attribute so much of that to James, <laughs> to you, James. And 
I really don't want to say it. I mean, I, I kind of guess we've got to have this show, but it doesn't really excite right. me to tell you how much you've helped me. I've got to Well, and also for those of you guys who are watching, you can see the shadow of a barrel of a gun off to the side of Dean's camera. So this is definitely, you know, this is under duress here. I have this automatic ticker. Every time I compliment you, it counts up one. And if I hit 10, I'm just going to blow my own head off. <laughs> yeah, we better be careful then. Indeed, indeed. So with that kind of introduction and coming into this, where we want to take this show today is I want people to really understand how you helped me and how you took me through that process and exactly, you know, where that came, where that comes from, you know, and, and I think this would be a great starting point to kind of dive in, James, and really make sure everyone understands this behind you. You haven't always been this high level consultant that helps people like me growing their businesses, right? And becoming better sort of CEOs and, and entrepreneurs. How did we get to this stage? Where did this journey begin for you? Well, you know, it's, fu it's funny that you say that because I think some people who, uh, you know, who know me, believe you know that movie uh boss baby i don't know if you saw it, it was like an animated cartoon and it's like alec baldwin plays this baby that yeah. basically comes out like an executive and he's like wearing a suit and the whole thing and he didn't fit in with the other babies right and i feel like i feel like a lot of people who know me are like oh you're just like that's how you've always been right <laughs> like i was boss baby <laughs> yeah i was just born with a suit and you know a, a clipboard and keeping track of kpis and critical drivers and all things like that. And, uh, and the truth is that's actually true. Like, so I did, I was born with this now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is, it is really funny that, um, you know, I think there's like, there's always distance when people see somebody doing something really well and they're just like, Oh, like, you know, it must come second nature must be natural or like whatever. And like, it doesn't matter what the domain is, whether it's, you know, business or medicine or law or athletics or whatever, you only get good one way, like that? working at it. Oh, like working at it. I missed for so long. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, that's why you're so good at burlesque, right? Cause you just worked at it over and over and over. The only thing I did. Yeah, it was it. It became an <laughs> obsession. Um, but I, you know, I think, uh, you know, we could, you know, kind of go wherever you want to go with this. But I think the, the fundamental belief that I've, I've had for a really long time is anyone can be, anyone can have a successful business. And I, and, and I feel like a lot of people will hear that and be like, no, nah, it's not true. Like that guy sucks. He can't have a successful business. Like, and, and to sort of unpack that a little bit. You know, I grew up without, uh, without a lot of financial resources, right? We didn't have much money. My dad lost his job when I was 12, had to like take on responsibilities. And, and I remember like these distinct thoughts that I would have where I'd look at people who had what I would consider success and I'd be like, how did, like, how do they have this? Like, what's, what's going on here? Like, how did they create it? And I refused to believe that it was magic or I, and I refused to believe that it just sort of happened. And I was like, there must be a way there must be like a, a, a framework. And I didn't have that terminology at that point, but there's like, there's gotta be some way that, that this is happening. And so I think everything that, everything that I've been doing in my career has sort of been focused on how can it, how can I deconstruct and reverse engineer 
success in business so that you can be intentional about putting it together faster, right? It's like, you know, you go, uh, I don't know if you have, you have Ikea over in the UK. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, so you know about Ikea, right? So, so like you get the box and you're like, oh my God, like we got, you know, these flat pieces of wood and we've got screws and wooden dowels and, and everything else. But the thing that I love, you know, a lot of people love to hate Ikea, but I love the thought that goes into, you know, okay, you got all these pieces and they're going to walk you through step by step and you can put them, put them together. Right. And, and I was like, how can we do that for business? Like, how can we create something like that where people know what they need to do next and it doesn't feel, uh, you know, overwhelming and it doesn't feel like they're not clear. And, and so it's been, you know, that that's been a, a journey that, that I've wanted to be on because this is something right. that I think is important. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And you mentioned, you mentioned a framework there. I know you've got a framework and I know we're kind of doing a bit of a different show here, but I do think we have to remember what this darn show's called. So we will be unpacking <laughs> some tips and diving into your framework in a little while, I'm sure. So I think, I think we should just dive in a little bit on, on this side of things. Let's, let's talk about the mistakes that you, the, the, or not the mistakes, what are the biggest challenges that you see people going through that causes them to end up in a situation like what I was, where everything just feels overwhelming, a mess, and it's just chaos and craziness? How do you, yeah. how do you, how, do, how does that all happen? How do we land in that mess? We, we don't get clear on what exactly we're trying to build, right? A lot of people, a lot of people start out just by saying, hey, you know, I have an idea. I want to, and, and I want to make money with it. Right? right. And it's like, okay, that, that might be good to like sort of get ignition. Mm. But if you keep going under that premise, like, oh, like it's just about this idea and I just need to keep making more money. Then you, you create this, um, overwhelm and this aimlessness that right. doesn't help you move in a clear direction, right? Like we absolutely need to have a clear direction that we're moving. The analogy that I like to use is if you and Robin were going to build your dream home, right? Actually, you guys are doing renovations right now. In and which, just clear, Robin is Batman's sidekick. James right. does know that I'm Batman. So when yeah, he says Batman and Robin, Robin right? Not yeah, Dean and Robin. Yeah. And um, and like if you were going to build a dream home, you wouldn't just go to your lot where you're going to put the house up and back up a truck with lumber <laughs> and you just start banging nails into wood. Right. Right. Very- in yeah. fact, I know this because I used to like building like tree houses and stuff all the time. And that's how I started building tree houses. I was just like, oh, let me just take this wood and hammer it into this tree. And next thing I knew, I had a tree house that was a mangled mess. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and in, and in the real world, you'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to an architect and I'm going to tell him what I see in my mind and he's going to help make sense of it. Right. And we're going to yeah. create a blueprint. And then once you have the blueprint, then you can take it to the builders, right? Then, then you hire the electricians, the plumbers, like all these guys. You don't just get everybody out to the lot and be like, all right, guys, I'm pretty excited about my house. Let's build it, right? Like nobody ever does that. There, the, uh, the magazine Architectural Digest, there are exactly zero homes in that magazine that didn't start with a blueprint. Zero, yeah. exactly zero. Right. Not yeah. one of those builders was like, let's wing it because that'll be a lot more fun. 
And, <laughs> and yet like all that sort of conventional wisdom that we use when we're building buildings and, and things in like the real world, when it comes to building our business, we just throw all that good thinking out the window. Right. Logic is gone. Gone. Why? Because I'm excited about this. Yes. And it's okay to be excited and still know what you're excited about building. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I find that the clearer your plan, the more excited you get, because now you know, like, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to focus on. And so I would say the short answer to your question, the number one mistake that most people are making is they do not have a blueprint for their business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make a great point. Just listening to you say that, I'm looking back now, resonating with that. And yeah, I'll tell you one of the things, I, I, I don't know what you think of this, but I think one of the things that caused me to go wrong is, and I suppose a lot of people would be like this, at the beginning of your business journey, you're, you're typically, for many people, you're starting out as a solopreneur, right? It's just you and you're kind of learning as much as you can. And I, and, and I know not everybody's in this situation, but I know looking back at myself, there was a stage where I didn't, ha I didn't have the money to pay for anybody else to do anything, you know, not no. even outsourced work. So I was somebody that was learning so much. And I think what's interesting in what you've just described there, alongside that mistake is I think for far too long, I continued doing everything myself. Even when my financial situation was different, I continued this path. And still sometimes now I catch myself doing it. I'll be thinking, gosh, I've just spent a whole half an afternoon editing a video. I shouldn't have done that. I still yeah. find every now and then I slip into that path. Um, so I think one, one of the things I would love to ask you is like, how do you, how do you, how do people, is there any best practices on how people can start letting go? Because I think there's a lot of fear behind that as you start to grow. And as even if people were to take on board what you've just said there, devise themselves a blueprint, it's much likely as a business is scaling and growing that you need to start relinquishing responsibility. You need to start passing things over. Do you have any tips or advice for somebody that like me several years back is kind of struggling to let go of certain things that they know deep down they shouldn't be doing. And actually by continuing to do those things, they're restricting their own ability to grow. Is there any tips you can give on how to shift that? Cause I'm, I'm guessing, is that a mindset thing? Is that like, what is that? It's yeah. I mean, I ultimately it's all a mindset thing because right right? Like how you think about things translates into what you do. Um, but I, I think we don't, we don't have a good way. Like we don't have a good context in thinking about this type of conversation and this mm -hmm. question, because what we see is like, there's all this stuff that needs to be done. And I don't necessarily know how to do it any other way. And I also don't know the cost of doing it the way that I'm doing it. Right. We, we have a, a very weird relationship with cost in, I think as humans, like when we see things that cost us money or, or time, we're like, okay, well that costs me money and time, but we don't look at the opposite of that. And we don't look at, well, what is it by doing this or by not doing this? What is it costing me in the other direction? So, so for example, like, you know, the editing your video for a couple hours you're just kind of like, oh, well, I can do that. So it doesn't cost me anything. Right. Right. Meanwhile, yeah. like when you're saying yes to that, you're automatically saying no to all of the other things that you could be doing with that time. Right. right. And so, you know, video editing, I don't know, it's, you know, a 
10, $15 an hour job for not complex video. We're not talking about like right, making yeah. Hollywood movies here. Right. We're talking about like, you know, edit the beginning and the end of this thing, right. Just right. snip it off. And, and so that's like, you know, a, a, a lower value task. And so when you do it, what you're essentially saying is I am, I am paying myself 10 or $15 an hour to do this thing. Meanwhile, right. If you have things that could be making you more money, then the difference between that thing and yeah. what you're doing right now is how much that actually costs you, right? If you had something, let's just say, make the math real easy, you know, you're doing something for $10 an hour, but you can do something that would make you $100 an hour, right? either now or in the future, then you that thing costs you $90 that hour to do that, right? right. And yeah. And the the way that I like to describe it is when we're when we're hiring people, we're not necessarily paying them for their time. Like it looks like it. It has all the like the like, oh well, I took money, I gave it to them because they spent time doing this, and it looks like we're paying them for their time. But right. what we're really doing is we are buying back our own time. And when you can buy back your own time at a discount you've, you've got to do it. Right. Ooh. And, Ooh, and so it's like magic. It is. It's just, it's, it's just, a, it's a different way of looking at something. And so then you kind of say, all right, well, if I could buy back my own time at a discount, where can I buy back my time at a discount? Cause that sounds pretty awesome. Right. Right. And, and the way that I approach it, um, is one, you have to be clear on what is worth your time. Instead of instead of going at it, be like, oh, here's all the things that aren't worth my time. Forget about that for a minute. Be like, what is worth your time? And I have an exercise that I teach in uh, my hiring program, Hiring Like a Boss, where I say it's called the big five, right? And it's like, what are the five big things that if you did these things, 80% of your time you know you would make more money and your business would grow faster. Like, what are those things? Right, yeah. Right, and then you and I, put a target on the wall and then you start seeing all the other things that are not those big five things. Hmm. And that those are the places where you can buy back your time at a discount. And then you don't look at people costing you money. You look at people helping you stay in your zone of those big five things where you're going to be maximizing the value that you can contribute and only you can contribute. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's incredible. I, I hope that, you know, everyone watching or listening really takes that on board. If that's you in that situation right now, cause I, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty certain and correct me if I'm wrong, James, lots happened over the last few years. Would I be right in saying that when you and I first worked together, one of the first things that you kind of advised or have me do was to start recording, like keeping a, a an actual note of everything I was spending my time doing. And I think I did that over like a whole week period, like every day, if I did something, I wrote it down. Yeah. And I recall going through this list and very obviously realizing that the majority of my time was spent on tasks that yes, they needed doing in the business, but they're not contributing to actual any growth of income or revenue within the business. It was like, I'm doing all this stuff, checking emails, doing this, fixing that problem on my website or on my blog or this or that. And when really when I stepped back, there was very few things I was doing that actually contributed towards growing. And the, 
I remember sitting back and thinking about this, thinking how counterproductive, because whilst I continue to do all this stuff, I'm actually restricting my ability to, as you've just said, buy my time back at a reduced cost by being able to hire and bring on board other team members. So I, would, 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 was that right? Was that the exercise? Yeah, yeah definitely. Like you've, you've got to get, you've got to get a sense of things. And I think my thinking on how to do that has evolved a little bit um, where it's not just even keeping track of what you're doing. It's before you start that exercise, take a step back and say, if I did these five things and, and 80% of my time was spent on these things, these like, you know, building new relationships, creating new offers, like whatever it happens to be. So you're talking like choose five of the most impactful things in terms of being able to grow and move your business forwards. Yeah. Yeah. If I spent 80% of my time on these things, I'm, I have a high degree of confidence. My business would grow faster and things would be moving along with less friction. Right. And how, how tough, how tough do you think, how tough do you think it is for somebody to go from doing too much, feeling overwhelmed, frustrated to be actually not just being able to identify those things, but start doing them. Is there, is the particular ways in which to actually give some advice or tips here to support someone to doing that? Cause I know, I know my objections, I'd be looking at it saying, yeah, of course, those five things are the, the things I should be doing, but I can't because I have all of this. Yeah. Well, that's why you need to have that list of all of that. Right. Because, um, so one of the, one of the ways that I think about it is there's a, a term in physics called forced displacement. And it's, uh, it's like when, imagine you have a glass full of water and yeah. you put a whole bunch of ice cubes in it and then the water flows over the side, right? Think, right. think about your big tasks like that chunk of ice cubes, right? Like we're going to put them in the glass and there's going to be stuff that overflows Right. And we just have to identify what is the stuff that overflows because that's where we need to find a new home for things. So, um, so the exercise then becomes, let me look at those things and let me categorize them now. Right. And, and the way that I look at, uh, um, uh, business is that there's five key areas. There's marketing, there's sales, there's delivery, there's operations and there's finance. Right. And so, now that I've put my big five out there and I see what's flowing out of the glass, so to speak, now I want to take those things flowing out of the glass and I want to categorize them in each of those areas because then I can, and I'm going to group like, okay, we've got, you know, ad creation. We got this thing that, okay, those are all marketing. Right. And then we got all this operation stuff and then we've got some finance stuff. And now I'm, I'm organizing things in a way that lets me go out and find somebody to be able to do them because those things are alike. And you know, the, the bigger a company gets, the more fine the specialization becomes for a person who's going to do something. But at first you might just need an admin, right. To take right. over like a chunk of customer service stuff or, you know, project management stuff or scheduling stuff or whatever. And that's fine. Right. And eventually there's going to be more of that. And, and this whole big five thing is uh, recursive, meaning eventually then the people who are working for you need to do their big five because right. you want everybody focused on what's going to make the biggest difference to help the company grow. 
Right. Oh, so you're saying this isn't just an exercise that the CEO does. This this can be passed down through the team Absolutely. to make sure you're optimizing the whole team. 100%. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I hate to kind of just pause for the listeners, but I did tell you he was good and I do hate it. <laughs> but uh, the, the the tips are flowing. So so interestingly, just on just on that thing that you've just said there, in terms of the big five, is there a correct area that the CEO is there a right or wrong to this? In fact, like is there a correct area that the CEO should be looking to spend the majority of their time? Like if I'm running my business and tracking where my activities fall in those big five, should I be saying, well, really, I should spend eighty percent of my time in marketing or in sales or here or there? Is there a right or wrong answer to that? Well, I think, you know, some, some people are going to have different skill sets, right? And some people are going to have different things that they're good at. And so you need to sort of take that into account. There are, you know, there are, there are people who hate sales, but love, but love marketing, right? And there are people who love marketing, but like the opposite of that. And so I think one, you've got to be, you've got to be clear about who you are and what you're good at. Yeah. Um. But, but by and large, the area that you should be spending your time as the CEO is making sure you're clear on where the company is going and that you're enabling things to get there as quickly as possible, right? So that means, you know, making sure systems are being built, making sure people are being hired, making sure that your customers are resonating with the things that you're putting out there, right? Like the key drivers for you want, you want to be dialed into the key drivers for growth in your business, and then making sure that you have the capacity and the bandwidth to deliver on the growth that you're trying to create. Yeah, no, no, that's that's incredible. And I tell you, uh, I tell you one thing, James, that I always remember happening, and this showed me where that actually I was the bottleneck in the in my own business. And that was uh, after sort of there, there'd been a period of time after we'd implemented and worked with you and you know grew grew the team and all that kind of stuff. And I think actually I was traveling to the U.S. to stay with you guys for for a week. And I remember actually being there, having now fully set everything up and followed all your advice and worked with you for a while. I remember the company actually generating more revenue while I wasn't there than when I typically was. And it wasn't a small margin. This wasn't, oh, we got one or two extra lucky sales. There was a huge margin in the difference when I was actually away. And I remember actually, in, in one sense, I remember feeling a little bit maybe upset or disappointed like in myself because I you know I work a lot of hours or have you know have always done for many years prior to working with you it's like this is all I do I live and breathe work and to step away and see that actually like not only do things run they don't break when I'm not away my whole company doesn't fold like I once probably would have worried it or maybe it would have done at one stage maybe it could I don't think it could run without me for a while but now having gone through this process with you to see that difference I think really just highlights that sometimes, unfortunately, and, and I think it's as a result of doing the opposite of everything that you're talking about here, you can actually end up in a situation where the thing that you love and you're passionate about growing, you're actually crippling and you're damaging massively. I think I, I'll never forget sort of feeling that way, you know, when I when I was staying with you guys. Is that is that is that something that you see is quite common when you work with people? Is it quite normal or common that the CEO is actually Put, sort of strangling, suffocating their own business. It def it definitely happens a lot. I think that a lot of people mistake activity for productivity, and that you know, hard work and time is what creates results. Hard work and time are ingredients, but if they're not 
pointed in the right direction, mm. it, it just doesn't matter. Right. Right. Like I could work really, really hard on raking the leaves in my yard, but, my, and I could be exhausted at the end of the day and like my back hurts and like all this, but my business isn't going to grow. <laughs> and you'd be like, why you worked so hard? Like, why isn't your business growing? I was doing the wrong thing. Yeah. That's why. And, and, and so like, but, but when we're running our businesses, like we don't see that because we're not taking the time to say, what is the blueprint of what we're trying to build? How am I making sure that I'm making the most of my time? Everybody who's working for me is making the most of their time. And we're all moving in a common direction, right? Like that's, that's the function of the CEO. Like right. that's, that's what you need to be doing. Like you need to be making sure everything is lined up. And, um, and a lot of people get so caught up in the busyness of the to-do list and the activities and the tasks and all this other stuff. Like everybody has gotten to the end of their day or their end of their week. Like, what on earth did I get done this week? You're right. Right. Yeah. And if you're not focused on the right things, sure, you could work your ass off and you're still not going to get anywhere. Oh, I, I, and I'll tell you one thing as well. And I guess this is, I would imagine this is quite common. I never, even when I was like, say, sitting in my lounge on the sofa and trying not to work, I never could feel like I, I couldn't take my mind off work. I constantly feel like, felt like I had stuff to do that I shouldn't be sitting down because how can I afford the time to sit here and watch something on Netflix when I have so much to do in my business? And it was like, you know, even if I wasn't at the computer, I was working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That, that, that was a feeling that was always, always there. So I think, you know, if, for people that listen to this first 30 minutes or so, I'd imagine there are some people right now that are saying, oh my gosh, this feels like me. This is how I'm suffocating right now. I think what would be awesome if we could take you know, take everything we've already spoke about here. And is there kind of like a bit of a, like just a bit of a, even just an introductory blueprint that you could advise and we could walk people through now that if they're in, like, let's remember me three years ago, the guy that was at that mastermind really was in a great position of his business growing, but he was crippling because I was doing too much and couldn't grow. I was overwhelmed. Like what, what would be the first tip then? That person's listening to this show right now. What's the first step that they can do to start feeling a bit clearer and starting to lift that overwhelm? Yeah, well, I think I think the first one is that big five exercise yeah. that we talked about. Yeah, you absolutely should do that. But the other the other thing that's really important is, you know, I talked about those five key areas: marketing, sales, delivery, operations, and finance. And I think that you need to go through each one of those areas and give yourself a rating on how the business is doing in each of those areas. Red, like things are, you know, really tough, right? You're, right. you're only getting results if you like really focus on it, put a lot of manual effort in. There's no consistency or systemization or anything like that. Yellow, you're kind of like, things are moving along a little bit, but you're still going slow. Um, and they're not kind of quite all together. And then green is when you're just like, man, like we just nail this consistently every single time it happens. And so I would go through, you know, uh, the five pillars and red, yellow, green, each one of them. And yeah. then, and then the question to ask yourself is if I'm going to like, what am I, what am I trying to accomplish? Right. 
Um, an, an example that I give is let's say, you know, I'm trying to add another $250,000 in revenue this quarter. Okay. Yeah. Then I look at my five pillars and I say, all right, what's the biggest reason why I don't already have it? Ooh, in, yes. Like, and is it because I'm not, you know, getting enough leads? Is it because I don't, you know, I don't have enough interest being generated or am I generating enough interest in leads, but we're not closing those people, right? Is it a, is it a traffic thing? Is it a conversion thing? Like, what is it, right? Where in those five pillars, or maybe it's like, maybe my marketing and my sales are both green, right? And like, we're just like consistently getting people raise their hands, consistently closing them. But the back end of the business, like the back of the house, our operations are like held together by spit and chewing gum, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh my God, like, I hope this works today. Otherwise, right. you know, we go a little bit faster. The wheels are going to fall off the bus, right? And so like, maybe it's that if we, if we do more of those marketing and sales activities, the rest of the business starts falling apart. And, right. and so we, so we got to say, all right, well, where do we want to go? I want to create another quarter million dollars in revenue this quarter. Okay, great. Now let's take a look at our red, yellow, green across our business. Why are we not there already? Like which of these pillars is the big thing that's standing between me and that result that I'm trying to create? Right. right. Because so the there's pillars, just, just, just to be sure the pillars we're talking about the like sales marketing. Yeah operations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, because if I want to, if I want to create another quarter million dollars in revenue this quarter and the, and the problem is I'm not getting enough leads that leads to a whole different host of activities yes. than if I'm getting enough leads, but I'm not converting them into sales. Yeah. Right. So yeah. one direction we're like, okay, we're going to focus on this area and another, we're going to focus on that area. So, and that's why it's so important that not only do we know where we want to go, but we have a construct for looking at our business and actually saying, what's the thing that's slowing me down here? What's the big, what's the next thing that's standing between me and that goal? Right. And, and that's, and that's the, that's the sort of self audit, if you will, mm. that people need to do in order to help them stay focused on the right activities, right? It's an absurd example, but that's what prevents me from going and raking leaves in my yard and thinking that it's going to help me get that next quarter million in sales. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. And, and, and I guess like looking at my own experiences, I think sometimes you get, you're, you're so busy and you're running forward so fast that the things that you're saying there now, I'm sure that anybody with, you know, a bit of experience running their company and growing their company, I'm sure they're sitting back saying like, absolutely nodding their head at what you're saying. But I guess sometimes you're just running so quickly and so fast that it's these things that you miss, right? You, you're not standing still to even do this sort of self-assessment and breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good news is like, it doesn't, um, it doesn't have to take forever. Right. Right. In fact, while we're talking here, you could rate yourself red, yellow, green, marketing, sales, delivery, operations, and finance. Like you well, know. I'm, I'm going to give you a red. Just You're so just you going to give me a red as a human. You just don't like me, and that's okay. 
<laughs> All right, awesome. So people have gone through this exercise now. They've gone through the the five pillars there. They've they've color coded those with the red, orange, green to see how they're kind of doing. They've got clear on, you know, they've looked at what is the big outcome they're looking for. And that's now allowed them to look at this list and say, okay, why aren't we getting that result right now? And that's going to identify, I guess, what you're saying is by saying, why aren't we there now? That now identifies the the the, the reasons. The, or the areas that you've got to work on, the areas that yeah. need your attention. That's right. So having now identified that, what would be the next step then? What are people going to do? Are they going to then, do we now have to, now we know what, what area we've got to focus on. Do we now need to go more into the micro details of, okay, well, how do we fix this area? What activities do we need to do? Is that the yeah. next step? Yeah, de definitely. So, so this is actually pretty cool because there's a way to dissect that into smaller bite-sized pieces too. And, um, I, I believe that the biggest thing that stops people from growing is that they haven't replaced themselves with systems, right? So it's like, I want to figure something out and I want to systemize it. I want to figure something out and I want to systemize it. And, the, and this, this activity goes on as you continue to grow the business. And so if we say, all right, well, things are at red right now in a, in a particular area, and we're going to need to put a system in place that gets us done in a predictable way, right? Because our target is that we get something done predictably. We get something done consistently. Like we know we can count on it and it's, and that's what green looks like. So then if we say, all right, well, how do we get to green? Well, when we're at green, a system is in place and all a system is, is the combination of people and processes and tools. Right. Yeah. Right. And so then if we say, okay, well, I'm at red or I'm at yellow right now, then we're, then we can easily say, well, what am I missing? Am I missing a person or do I have the wrong person? You know, do I not have a process for doing this? It's just like super haphazard and like right. we're winging yeah. it all the time. Like, <laughs> what is it? People process or tools. So as we look at it, as we dive deeper and deeper into this, we can then say with a, a high degree of accuracy, I can move this from red to yellow or from yellow to green or whatever it is if I tightened up this job description or if I got a person in this role or I have a cool person, but they're not clear on what they're supposed to do or we got like a great person and they know what they're supposed to do, but we need some tools or we need some technology or something that's going to support them. Now we're like, now we're working on things that we actually can do something about. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's these smaller building blocks that build the bigger puzzle. Yes. And, and that's, and that's the next step is just one level down. What is it? People, process, or tools. Yeah. And I'd imagine, um, you know, I remember when I sort of went through, went through this process with you, what became evident to me is that I was the person in a lot of these positions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what became very evident. It was like, oh, now I see why we're not growing. Like it was just <laughs> my name, my name, my name, my name, my name. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and I mean, that's what, you know, that's what happens until you start unpacking this and, uh, you know, and, and create a, a framework to, to move forward. Right. If you know exactly what you need to do, you're going to do it. Yeah. But the yeah. reason that you don't know, you don't do things and you, you feel overwhelmed is because you don't know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true.
And, it, and, and would that be sort of the next step here? Now we've got to this point in the process for people and they've identified and gone through and they've done all this. Is the next step now that they need to actively just work on these problems that have been highlighted, whether that is to find different people or, you know, whatever One, it might be. Yeah, like, but, but not all at once, right? Not every problem carries the same priority. Well, I think that would be that would be the next problem people might run into, you know, is is looking at the problems that you've now found that you've perhaps known deep down were there in the past, but you've been ignoring them because the overwhelm of it. And I suppose that's going to be the next barrier that people have got to overcome here is it may well look like you have a lot of fixing to do or a lot of changes to make or a lot of areas to work on. And I think that's a great point you just made is that you, you're not doing this to then feel like I now have to fix a million things. I suppose you just fix one at a time, do you? And I guess that comes back to the priority thing you said, which is the most impactful area for you to work on, even if there's a hundred, which is the most important. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's like, okay, you know, and you're not going to be perfect at this, so stop trying. But if you just say, great, I believe that if I focus on this thing and I really got it done, it would make a big difference in helping me get closer to my goal. Yeah. Then focus on that. Right. And, you know, abs absolutely. There's going to be a uh, better judgment over time, but that doesn't have to stop you from starting. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's funny, you know, thinking back of all, you know, we've, we've obviously had a lot of guests on the show that have very fast growing businesses. You know, that's one of the themes of the type of guests we have. And, you know, I, I often step away from the shows that we have. And I, I think about, you know, everything that I possibly took from that call myself. What did I learn from, from the guests that we have? You know, we're in that fantastic position. I can, you know, hearing you talk and then comparing that and assessing that in comparison to the fast growing businesses of the guests we've had on, this to me sounds like the differentiator is that ability to identify like you're saying and then ruthlessly execute on those things in the right areas. That to me, you know, when I step back, I sometimes think, well, you know, they're not smarter than me. They don't have advantages over me. So yeah. what is it? What is the difference between that fast growing business and kind of how I felt at times? Yeah. And I think I think what you've just said really is that that missing piece. Yeah, it's just it's knowing what to focus on, knowing what to focus on. And, and just like going at it until you fix that, fix that thing. That's the biggest thing preventing you from getting to the next level. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And what, what would you say then at that stage for somebody? What, what's the big advice if someone's looking at all of this and they say, okay, I've, I've gone through the process. I've seen all these areas now. I've, I'm going to choose one. Do we, do we just keep choosing the main important one yeah. until they're all in green effectively? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then I, I, what sounding is sounding straightforward. That's why I'm like, you know, that typical thing. What What's the secret that you're not sharing? Is it? Is well, that's, that's it? the secret. It's like, that's <laughs> it. And, and then beyond that, you just keep doing this process. And, and as the company grows, you know, when like from zero to 1 million, you know, what, gr what's green from zero to 1 million is not going to be green from 1 million to 10. Oh no. So I'm going to have to go through this again. <laughs> yeah. This is the, this is the game of business, right? It's like, what's my goal? Identify what the big thing standing between me and accomplishing it is. Figure out my plan to attack that. Execute on that plan until it's complete and then reevaluate and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's an interesting point you've raised actually then. How often should somebody go through this process? Like, let's imagine they listen to this now, they go away and they do this and they're now working on those things. 
if they get to a point where everything looks like it's green, do we stop now or do we do we have a, a how, how, how often should we do this? I think one, until you hit the goal or two on a quarterly basis, like whatever is sooner. Right. So this is what we're doing. This creates our main focus for the next 90 days. This is what I'm going to attack. Great. You know, maybe you accomplish it in, you know, 45 days. Awesome. Go back and do the same thing. Right. Or you get to the beginning of the next quarter, do the same thing to make sure you're on track. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It comes back to the same with everything is consistency. I, I can definitely look back. Even, even since, uh, you know, working with you, I'll say, you know, there have been times I've veered off track. And I think what, what you've just said there is one of the reasons if you're not continually revisiting the process, you can steer off track, right? It's like a, it's like a plane. If it, it can be half a degree in the wrong direction, you won't notice it straight away. But after six hours, 10 hours, 12 hours flying, you're probably going to be nowhere near where you should have been, right? That's exactly right. Like you need these course corrections. And this is, this is how to create that, um, that dashboard so that you can know what you're course correcting to and how to do it. And I, uh, you know, my intention is not to make this sound overly simplistic, but I definitely think it is way more simple than most people, um, most people are making it out to be. Most, yeah. What most people are doing is like they're taking a shotgun approach and they're saying, okay, cool. Um, you know what? Let's try social media. Uh, let's try, let's try this thing. Oh, that didn't work. Okay. Let's try this. And it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to the tactics. People have like this, like tactic machine gun and they're just like shooting tactics all over the place <laughs> instead of taking a second beat. Like I'd rather, I'd way rather just be a sniper. Yeah. Right. That's my target. I'm going to dial into like that target and I'm going to nail it. And then I'm going to move on to the next target. Yeah, no, I love it. And like I said, at the beginning, this is uh, all of this that we're, that we're talking about here. And I think you're right. Like, it's funny. I think at its core, there isn't anything truly complex there. There isn't anybody listening to this that can't go through the steps that we just walk through. I think it's our own self. We're our own worst enemy in this area, aren't we? We, we, we imagine this scenario to be so scary and daunting that we're about to face up to everything we've been ignoring. And it feels so intimidating that you just yeah. keep putting it off and keep putting it off. And I think what you've just walked through, if I remember, I tell you this, I remember when I first started writing things down and just getting it from my head and starting to get clear, the relief that I felt just from that, I mean, I hadn't even actioned anything at that stage, but just that first step, was enough to push me and keep me going because it just immediately started to feel better. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Because, because you're not, you're, you have a plan, right? And, and that overwhelm that's there all the time is like, it's really stressful, yes. right? It's incredible. It's incredibly stressful to like, feel like you're in a constant state of like, there's more to do than I have time for. And I don't know, like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with all this, right? Or there's so many things so many things to get done and like i don't know which one to focus on right, right? that's a really yeah. stressful situation and and there's a way there's an absolute way around that and that's by you know by doing these things that we're talking about here and attacking the problem in a logical way mm. as opposed to just like a you know a shotgun approach which yeah is super super tough Oh, definitely. I got to say, it's a uh, 
again, a compliment for you. It's a, it's an incredible thing to be able to do less and make more. Yeah. <laughs> that I can safely say. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And um, yeah. So so and it's and it's not even that we're like doing less so much as it's we're doing less of the wrong things. Yes, true. And yeah, and more more of the right things. Hmm. You know, I think that's the. Um, I think that's that's a critical piece that is easy to overlook. Like not all activities and all business is like created equal, right? Yeah. There's there's things that are great ideas to do, and then there's things that you're like, why the hell am I doing this? And you need to focus your time and effort on the things that are really going to make the biggest difference, and um, you know, just winging it all the time is not what's going to do that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So I know uh, we kind of didn't plan this. And, and I think in like three years, we've we've never really sort of offered too much from ourselves because we don't really we have guests on a lot and we don't really talk about that. But I I have so many times on social media seen people posting about the challenges they're facing that sounded like I used to be before working with you. And my answer is always the same. You have to work with James P. Friel. <laughs> I yeah. think I know we've probably not got anything specific set up here, but there has to be something that we've we've got to tell the listeners. If people are listening to this going, oh my gosh, these guys are talking about every problem that I currently am facing. This is exactly how I feel. Yeah. Like, where can we send people? How can, how can they see about actually working with you and fixing these problems? And believe me, take it from me. If this has resonated with you, you have to work with James, like I tell everyone on Facebook. So how how can they do that, my friend? So so unknown to unbeknownst to you, I actually did create something. Oh, um, and I wasn't I wasn't sure which way this was going to go, but I know that I know that some of these uh, some of these ways of thinking about things can be so powerful. Hmm. So um, so people can go to audit.jamespfreel.com, and we'll put that link in the show notes. And it will literally walk you through step by step how to evaluate where you are in your business, what's going on right now, and what is the best next move for you, how to create those systems and all the things that we we're talking about. Um, so they could go to audit.jamespfreel.com. Special gift for Just the Tips listeners. And um, yeah, I think I think that's a great place to start. And after you go through that, you know, if you want some help with it. Then there's ways for you to, you know, to reach out and talk with me and my team about how we can help you really create results faster with more precision um, and less less wasted time, energy, and resource. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I I, I didn't know that. That's amazing. I'm so glad you did. Um, and I think one of the things that I would just remind anyone listening, if they're even thinking like, oh, can I be bothered to go to that thing? Or is it another thing that I'm going to have to now pile on to my stuff? Like, oh, no. Like one of the things I would I would remind people of is something that you said earlier. It's not just about the cost of something that you're doing. It's the opportunity cost of the things you're saying no to. And if right now, you know, people are, you know, for anyone who's listening or watching this, if you feel overwhelmed, buried, you've got a business that's flourishing, but you don't feel like you're even enjoying it. That's how I was. You know, it wasn't I was struggling. It was I wasn't enjoying it because it was growing and I couldn't deal with this. And I didn't know really, really kind of where to turn first. I know we've given some great bits of advice. And, you know, even if you just do the things that we spoke about here today, you're already going to start to feel that sort of cloud of overwhelm lifting. 
But I would strongly say, having been someone that's tried to figure it out on my own, tried to use the tools, figure out the systems, if that's not your expertise in your area, don't keep trying to figure it out on your own. You know, your business, as you know, can have so much uh, potential, but you've got to unlock yourself from it. And I know, James, you've done that for me. And as much as it pains me once again, <laughs> you've been an incredible help for me as a person and as an entrepreneur and CEO running my business. So I, well, I think about think about how much pain it was for me as <laughs> well, right? Deal. Like, yeah, just like I had to deal with you, like all the problems you'd created. Like I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> no, but I I, uh, I appreciate that, Dean, and I hope I hope that this conversation has been helpful for for our listeners because I feel like. You know, you need, you need a blueprint. You need to know what you're going to be focusing on because if you don't, you're just, you're just spending time and it's not initially time that you're spending in the right direction. And, you know, go back to that whole analogy. Like nobody ever builds a house without a blueprint. Why are you trying to build your blueprint, your business without a blueprint? Right. And right. so, it's you true. know, if you guys go through that, uh, that audit that, uh, that we talked about audit.jamesbfrill.com, that'll walk you through the process. and um make it infinitely easier for you to uh, get to where you really want to go and build your dream business with without the sleepless nights, without the heartburn, without all the stress. Like business is hard enough as it is. Right. At least stack the odds in your favor by being clear on what you're wanting to do and give yourself a, a winning chance by creating a game plan that's based on like hundreds and hundreds, like all the people that I've taken through th this through, you know, like it just... It's like, oh, that's what I need to do. Like, do yourself a favor and go get your hands on that. And so we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up here, my friend. Yes. Um. But uh, thank you, uh, thank you for a great show. Thank yeah. you to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. We will talk with you guys next time. This is James P. Friel and my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, signing off from another episode of Just the Tips. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, -day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.